Hey there, welcome to First Glance with Jody Vance. And this is kind of a first, because this is the third time we are checking in with our guests. Actually, we're going to not even call you guests anymore. We're going to call you good friends. Mountain Valley MD. MVMD is the stock symbol. We have the president and CEO, Dennis Hancock, with us, as well as Mike Farber, Dr. Mike Farber, who's the director of life services for MVMD or Mountain Valley MD. Guys, I'm so glad to talk with you again. Hey, great to see you, Jody. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm dying for the update because I've been watching. I feel like I, I, I found you guys early on enough or right at that moment, I guess, yeah. to see the trajectory that is that is happening. So give us the update. Yeah, well, there's lots to, lots to update you on. Uh, we're moving fast. Um, so probably the most exciting thing since we've been on last, um, we had shared with you about our level four uh, biohazard facility test and we went in a little bit of detail on that yeah with ivermectin and covid and um we um i don't want this to feel like breaking news because we will do a proper press release um if we solidify either of these things but for now it's giving you a little peek of things that wouldn't surprise you that we're working on but just to kind of because people people are asking like well you're doing that level four trial what else are you doing with ivermectin and so one of the things uh, we can talk a little bit about today is we're we're in advanced discussions to do a parallel human trial, um, which is very exciting, and it'll be one of the largest trials uh, ever done to date on COVID clearance in humans. Wow! Inform you know some work at the World Health Organization, so we're we're working through that um, to see if it's something that'll add value to what we're doing and, you know, excited if we go further, we'll share more news on that. And then the other angle we're diving down is um, looking very seriously at a 505B2 pathway with the FDA in the US, knowing that um, that would open up a very significant um, opportunity for us just with ivermectin. And Mike has got a lot of experience with the 505B2 pathway. He might want to build a bit on that, but those were the two kind of cool things that we're doing. And then I'll give you a broader update, but maybe if there's more you want to elaborate, Mike, on any of those. Okay, so pharmaceutical companies use and have used the 505B2 pathway to accelerate getting approvals of drugs, sometimes even without phase studies, because what they do is you build on a drug that's been in the market for a long time. So you have available to you all of the toxicity, stability studies that have already been done. So Everything that we do with ivermectin utilizes FDA-approved excipients in ways that have already been done and other applied to other drugs. So we believe that following that pathway will allow us a very fast approval with the FDA. And once we have approval, then that will open up, I think, global markets almost immediately to us in terms of ivermectin. We won't apply for it with the FDA in terms of uh, usage. We just will apply for it in terms of an equivalent to an uh, existing drugs or, or existing tested applications of ivermectin. And then it can be used even off label, let's say in the US to treat COVID if and when the, the FDA approves it for that use. So, so uh, doctor, if I can just jump in here, uh, Mike, if you could explain just a little bit in layman's terms, how ivermectin might be used if given that level of, appro uh, of approval in the United States. Where is the impact? Where's, you know, you're taking it from the bench to the bedside. What is the goal at the bedside? Who's gonna, who would be the patient? 
the patient would be anybody who would, let's say, think that they've been exposed to COVID-19, anybody who would, once it's proven. And remember, right. we're doing the, the work both in the viral clearance uh, studies in the BSL-4 lab, and hopefully in a human trial to prove viral clearance. So right. at that point, once we have approval, it would be, okay, it's been proven to have an effect on COVID. When can I use it? Well, you can use it if you think you've been exposed. You can use it when you know that you've started to have the disease. And eventually with an injectable form, it can be used even in people who have moderate to severe disease to help with an immediate clearance of the virus from the, the body. This could be game changer. What you just said, it could be when you're fearful that you've been exposed, when you've got confirmed that you have been exposed, but perhaps are not feeling the, the ill effects yet, but and all the way to a different delivery system, but also at that point of really where physicians to this time, I guess, at this level of pandemic, how else to put that, have not really had any other interventions. Right. So we're hoping to be able to fill that void. Wow, guys, this is unbelievable. Uh, let's get the rest of the update here because um, am I reading these numbers right? Has your company's market cap grown by nearly 1,800%? <laughs> yeah, I don't know the percentages off the top of my head, but yeah, we're over, we, you know, we're over a half a billion dollar market cap now. Um, we're getting a lot of intention. I, I've done a couple interviews today and I was asked this, sort of interesting question that you're you're kind of alluding to and and I candidly said you know someone said you know what we never answer share price I'm very convicted about we're building a world-class company and right. share will follow and, and our objective of course is shareholder value um, as the guiding touchstone for a CEO in in my role however um, I was very comfortable saying you know my personal belief I feel like we're the most undervalued stock on the planet because People are like, wow, why? And it's like, if you really understand how even something as simple as ivermectin, we have the best pharmacokinetic data on earth with ivermectin. We have something that can use one fifth of an existing oral um, dose. And we have, you know, one eighth to one tenth for an injectable that doesn't exist today. We're the only human safe injectable format. And so when you start to understand that application, why wouldn't you be excited about the market potential? Um, and that's, that's, of course, why we're excited. We are uh, with Dennis Hancock, the president and CEO of Mountain Valley MD, and um, a Dr. Mike Farber, who's the director of life sciences. Mountain Valley MD, uh, stock symbol uh, on your ticker is MVMD. Uh, to look it up, follow along, or perhaps invest. Uh, some might wonder if they've missed the boat, but certainly how you're talking, uh, Dennis, as you have from the beginning in our conversations, is that it is building a a, a bigger and and more impactful, um, ethical and mindful uh, company to help make the world a better place seriously right now. I wanna go through some of those technologies that we have talked about in prior interviews that we've done. Um, but the delivery systems for me are our next level because while many in Canada are like, when are our vaccines coming and our rollouts you know, limited or in the United States, it's not enough happening fast enough and who's got what and what countries vaccinate. But imagine those third world countries that don't have that ice cream chain of keeping vaccine at, the, at a needed temperature and, and how to reach the, the farthest corners of the world. Because we, what we do know for sure is in, 
till everybody is healthy from COVID-19, none of us are. So speaking to ivermectin and the delivery systems that you have created uh, or that you're patented, what is the correct term for this? Pardon my novice, but, but talk us through those. Covered and patented. There you go. Yay, I got it right. <laughs> but talk us through those. I, I find this just fascinating. Well, if I, I'll start with the broader sort of business channels and then Mike can, can build it. Mike's been really good at, at sort of following, you know, where vaccines are falling short. And I've been following more of the, you know, the market application to our, you know, just telling the story in a, in a long elevator ride, but I'm trying to keep it short. Um, so, you know, it's, what's interesting, you know, we're talking about COVID and ivermectin. Ivermectin is a broad parasitic that we didn't start the work against, you know, COVID. We started it um, with the understanding, again, of a broad animal husbandry categories. Um, when you start to look at, um, you know, countries like Africa is a great example because we were, we're zeroing in on the most disadvantaged people on earth that um, by no fault of their own, they don't have the electricity infrastructure that we take for granted here that would limit their ability just to get drugs that are shipped there on time, you know, in a, in a cold environment. So a lot of the work we're doing is solving those types of problems. So, you know, to, just to refresh your memory on, on the three sort of broad lanes, we have exactly what you just described about ivermectin, the solubilization technique, taking a world-class drug and making it, you know, that much better and making it available for human injection, which solves all sorts of frontline uh, challenges. Then we have the foundation of the company was on our Quicksome technology, which Mike was the inventor. And when we acquired those assets and luckily Mike uh, full time with us, um, our ability to take you know, complicated molecules, lay them into rapid dissolve oral formats. And where this starts to make sense, just to link this back to Africa, taking even an oral dose of something requires water and swallowing. What, you know, just to, just to get your head around when you can put something that just dissolves naturally with saliva. Um, and some of these instances, water might be more valuable in, than just the generic drug itself, you know, from a cost and economics and shipping and, and all of those things. So there's a really amazing, you know, formula, how this is coming together. This formula has been really incredible because you, you now can do something um, that's starting to solve other problems just by doing it this certain way. And then thus comes cold chain and the work that we're doing with cold chain. Uh, we're very far along now with our final uh, lap with the FDA on, on our cold chain application. So we're targeting up to 45 degrees, which wow. would be unheard of. So the yeah. ability to take, you know, a vaccine like the, the IPV for polio, lay it into a, you know, a thin film inside a vial, ship that, you know, outside of cold chain and then hydrate it locally and market would be, Amazing. you know, very, very exciting prospects for all sorts of, of benefits economic wise and such. So those are the sort of three broad, the way the technologies come together. The last being, you know, dose bearing adjuvants. So if we can take less of a vaccine, do more with it, deliver it in a more effective way through our Quicksome technology. Um, that is, th th those are the things that we're solving. So Mike, you might want to build on, you know, the reason vaccines, you know, are, are stuttering, if you will, and why we need a, you know, a therapeutic. Well, there are a few reasons for 
one, the vaccines not rolling out. I'll give you an example. In Canada, I believe we've only vaccinated 2% of the population currently. So there's a real big problem with rolling out these vaccines, delivery of the vaccines. I believe today in Japan, they disposed of over 1 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine for some reason. I believe it was temperature. And that's in Japan, a developed country. So these vaccines can have problems with rollout because of the cold temperatures that are required for them. That's one of the things we're trying to solve, especially when polio. And one of the things recently was that during this COVID-19 pandemic, there is starting to see a rise in polio. And we've, you know, the WHO has worked to eradicate uh, polio globally for over 20 years. And there still has been problems with global eradication of polio. So imagine now we're dealing with a second pandemic, but we haven't even solved one of the first pandemics that's existed really for 50 or 60 years that you know we've tried to uh, address. Yeah. Vaccines have a very important place in medicine. Let, let's not underestimate their value in terms of polio, in terms of a number of things. But vaccines, especially when you're dealing with a highly mutable type of virus, such as COVID, vaccines and their rollout, as they get delayed, you tend to start dealing with a um, virus that is mutated. And one of the things that you know many experts are now realizing is that we could have a problem with the variants that are now starting to arise, such as the South African variant, such as the UK variant, such as the Brazilian variant, where it was first believed that we would achieve herd immunity through basically letting everybody get infected or through immunization. The realization is that we might not be on a path to curing or to basically alleviating the problems of COVID-19 by a, a first generation of vaccines. We might be looking at two or three generations that might need to be rolled out. And in the interim, during these three to four years or five years where we try and catch up with the mutations of COVID-19, I think that an ivermectin, the way that it can be used that we're doing it, will be a useful uh, arrow in the in the quiver of, of what we're dealing with the disease. I think it's going to be a, a very useful therapeutic. It has its place as an as an uh, addition to the launch of vaccines for even for developed countries where people can't take the vaccine for a number of reasons or where they right. given a vaccine and now there's a new variant and the variant is spreading. And in these cases, ivermectin might prove to be viable. Again, this has to be proven beyond the shadow of a doubt. And this is why we're taking that type of approach. Prove viral clearance in the a model that's that will, without a shadow of a doubt, show can we basically uh, do viral clearance with our ivermectin at a very fast rate, then apply it to the human model, and then basically uh, apply it to, to broadly broad strokes globally for ivermectin infection. I'm going to ask a real layman's terms question here, but in all of the conversations I've had with epidemiologists and scientists and vaccinologists, and I love being able to bend your ear, uh, Dr. Farber, um, Mike, that the concerns even around vaccine, like I've had one shot of the Pfizer vaccine because I'm essential care for my dad. I will be getting the second shot at some point. The, uh, the answer to the question of once I'm fully immune by that vaccination, can I still shed the virus? Are we still in the phase of figuring out whether when you say clearing viral clearance by ivermectin, does that mean that 
you would not be an asymptomatic carrier? Is that still something that is being tested no, at this once point? You, once we prove that you have viral clearance, that means the virus is no longer basically replicating in your body. So there's no virus to clear. So there's no virus to shed. In terms of the vaccines, we don't know if some vaccines are basically eliminating right. viral shedding or if they're basically like IPV and polio, if they're protecting you from the, from the disease, but you're still able to shed virus. So that's an, uh, currently an unanswered question. Yeah. And then even if you, and I don't mean to sound uh, pessimistic, but let's say you get the Pfizer <laughs> vaccine and you've been in, you know, you've been inoculated and six months down the road, let's say the South African variant takes hold in Canada or the US. We don't know if the, that vaccine will protect you against the South African variant or another variant that's coming along. Right. So the real question is, what is the scope of protection offered by the current generation of vaccines? And will we need a second and maybe even a third generation of vaccine to basically offer full protection against the variants that are, are now popping up around the world? And ivermectin comes into play in between those, right? That's the therapeutic. We're we're attempting in our work at the BSL-4 lab to work with the novel variants and therefore to prove that ivermectin, because of its broad broad activity as interfering with the replication of the virus, affects all of the variants, isn't specific to one variant like a vaccine would be. Gotcha. You know what? We're going to have to do this again. We're going to have, you know, seasons of our discussions between uh, Dennis Hancock, the president and CEO, as well as uh, Mike Farber, Mike Farber, the director of life sciences at Mountain Valley MD. Honestly, guys, I'm so sorry. I've kept you way longer than I was supposed to because I could just talk about this all day long. The stock symbol is MVMD, uh, the ticker MVMD. If you want to uh, keep up with track or invest in Mountain Valley MD, Here are the guys behind it. I'm always, always better for it when we have a conversation. Thanks for doing this. Looking forward to next time. Thanks for having us, Jody.